Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussions in Dragons, the podcast where my brother and I take an in-depth look at the world of 5e and all things Dungeons and Dragons. Opening and closing music credit to Will Savino at patreon.com slash musicd20. I'm Jaren. And I'm Britton. And this week, we are continuing our journey through Tasha's Cauldron of Everything as we look at sidekicks, what they are, how they work, and a little bit of how they compare to sidekicks in the Essentials Kit. So, a little bit of how they work in Tasha's. Basically, what these are, um, sidekicks are additional NPCs. They're special NPCs that are kind of helpers for the party. They're like an extra member of the group, either on a temporary basis or run on a more long-term basis, depending on the needs of the party. Um, they're especially useful when you're trying to run D&D for a smaller group, one, two, maybe three players, and you need uh, one or two more party members to kind of flesh it out to make make it so your early level encounters aren't so uh, imbalanced and avoid those level one TPKs. So, um, and the way that these work, um, you would choose like anything from uh, a source book that's got a stat block, um, as long as it's a challenge rating of one half or lower. And um, then you would choose one of these three special sidekick classes. And we're going to go through each one of these a little bit more in depth. We have Expert, Spellcaster, and Warrior. So these are essentially just uh, simplified versions of the existing D&D classes. Um, each one of them has rules and guidelines for how they level up. Um, and then as far as control goes, they could either be controlled by the DM um, you could uh, give control to another player or jointly by different players. Um, or it could be a situation where, you know, you've got a, a new player to the game uh, that maybe isn't ready to commit to learning a full class or, or committing to the time needed for a full campaign. They just want to get a taste of D&D, but not something that's overly complicated. And you say, well, let's set you up with one of these sidekicks. Just choose one of these three types of roles that you want to want to play. And here's a, a really simplified way to, uh, to learn about it. Um, and as we, as I mentioned this, uh, concept, I really like the mechanic of sidekicks. We first saw this, uh, back, I think it was in the summer of 2019 when the essentials kit was released, the essentials kit being that, uh, sort of follow up to the, uh, the good old, starter set of of old that had the starter adventure the minds of fandelver and the essentials kit was sort of the the upgrade to that or the answer the the secondary thing to that with its own brand new adventure a bunch of new content really awesome maps it had um nice cards physical cards for magic items and it had this thing this new mechanic and concept called sidekicks which allowed you to run DD with just one or two players and I think now is a really appropriate time to be talking about sidekicks again because we're all in this fun world of quarantine and COVID. And I think, you know, for some players, they don't want to play D&D online, but maybe they're uh, quarantined with one or two people at home. And um, here's a way that you can run D&D with just a couple players by introducing this sidekick mechanic. So that's a little bit of how this would actually work. Um, when you introduce this sidekick to the party, um, they start at whatever the average party level is, that they level up whenever the average party level goes up, um, which obviously if you're running with um, the milestone way to level up, this is just going to be, it's all going to happen synchronously. Um, all the other things um, like 
hit points and proficiency bonuses, ability scores. Those kind of work the same as normal classes. And we'll get into that um, once we talk about each one of these three different sidekick roles. Um, and the first one I think we're going to start with, um, Britton, you're starting with the expert, am I right? Yeah. So this expert, um, it was described in the book as a master of their craft at certain abilities. Um, as I was reading through this, I, I sort of felt that this sidekick is meant to more support your characters with their knowledge and expertise of specific skills that perhaps your party doesn't have. Um, maybe they have expertise in a certain set of skills or stealth or medicine, something that your DM uh, knows that your party lacks. Uh, the only prerequisite to gain the expert class for this um, type of sidekick NPC is that they must be able to speak at least one language. So at first level, the expert sidekick gets bonus proficiencies and the helpful feature. So their proficiencies are your choice of dex, int, or charisma, uh, five skills of your choice, light armor, and all simple weapons and two tools. So this is a very, very basic character setup. Um, and with the helpful feature, they can take the help action as a bonus action. And just like we've seen in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, this will come back later and be built upon later. Even in the sidekick realms, yes, we will see that later. So at second level, they get cunning action, which is dash, disengage, or hide as a bonus action. It is important to note that it does not say anything about dodge, so they're not able to dodge as a bonus action, which would impose disadvantage on all attacks towards them for the next round. So the third level feature that they get is expertise. Much like you would think with the name of expert, they do get expertise. They get to choose two skills that they have proficiency in, and they get expertise in those, which means you can double the proficiency bonus, and they get two more skills of their choice at level 15. So between third level and 15th level, that's when they get those double expertises. At fourth, eighth, 12th, 16th, and 19th, just like any other class, they do get ability score improvements where you can add uh, two to an ability score, one to two separate ability scores. Um, unfortunately, the sidekicks are not able to take feats, but I mean, if you're if you're building a sidekick and your DM is having to take care of this sidekick as this NPC, I'm pretty sure they're not going to be leveling up these sidekicks too much to give them feats and think about all of the feats and additional things that they can do. So that's totally okay. The sixth level feature is called Coordinated Strike. If the sidekick assists with the attack role of a player character using the helpful feature, they may now use that feature from 30 feet away. And additionally, they may also deal an additional 2d6 damage on their next attack. So I, this was actually a feature that I did want to speak on for a quick second. I think it's a really cool feature. Um, sure, they are potentially giving up on damage that round, but with the helpful feature, they are ensuring damage dealt by the player character from 30 feet away. So they could be calling out maybe, hey, this is his weak spot or something like that. They don't need to be right next to each other. Um, or they could be helping them out with a check saying, hey, don't pick the lock that way. Maybe do it this way. And now the PC gets a 2d6 bump of damage on their next attack. And I think that 
doing this, especially with the 30 feet away boundary, it offers narrative reasons in combat for the sidekick to be assisting the party without sacrificing their whole turn. Um, you know, when you're bringing in sidekicks, one would imagine that they are not supposed to be the stars of the show. They are definitely assisting your party. Maybe they're the star of that week. Uh, because I know that DMs tend to use NPCs as narrative devices and tools. Perhaps this sidekick is brought in to assist your party with some knowledge that your party does not have, and then bow out. So being able to assist them in combat, in and out of combat with this, is I think is a, a really cool and fun feature. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe it's a, a an NPC that's going to step in for a little bit of an arc that just happens to be tracking and studying the creature that you're trying to hunt down and, and take out. And for whatever reason, they just they know the weak spot so they can call it out from a distance. Yeah, and, and much as we've seen with famous uh, Dungeons & Dragons narrative podcasts that have guests on their show, they're usually only there for one episode, but they do serve a narrative function. They usually have skills or knowledge that the party themselves do not have, so they assist them on their journey, and then they graciously bow out. So I think that's what's really cool about the experts specifically, is that they are helping the party in and out of combat. So at 7th level, they get the feature called Evasion. So if the sidekick is forced to make a dex saving throw, it only takes half damage on a fail and none on a success. Obviously, this is just a rogue slash monk ability that's rehashed for this class, but I will say that I like that it makes it a little bit harder for the sidekicks to be killed outright in combat. You know, hopefully your DM won't be giving you guys a sidekick just for them to be outright killed, but... I mean, who knows? That's up to the DM. You never know. Yeah, I mean, sidekicks are narrative devices, and narratively it could be really sad to introduce a cute halfling named Ding Dong, and <laughs> um, they have curly hair, big blue eyes, um, and then they get mashed to bits by the ogre. So they helped you, and then now they're gone. But I'm getting off track. That was a name that was definitely in your notes, right? Yes, I I, I typed out Ding Dong, <laughs> and I definitely didn't uh, come up with it off the top of my head. Um, uh, his name is Baffling the Halfling. Of um, course. Of course, yeah. You know, Boblin the Goblin, Baffling the Halfling. Mm -hmm. So, like I said that we were going to be seeing the helpful feature be expounded upon later, we saw it in first level with the helpful feature, and then sixth level with coordinated strike, and now we are seeing it eleventh level with inspiring help. So if the sidekick uses the help feature on a d20 roll, the helped creature may add one d6 to that roll. If it is an attack roll, the helped creature may forego the d6 to the roll and instead add d6 of damage to the attack. And at 20th level, the bonus is increased to 2d6. So for seasoned D&D players, they will notice that this kind of mimics the bardic inspiration feature that is available to bards. The key difference, though, is that only the College of Valor bards can actually use their inspiration to increase damage rolls. Um, and I will say that I think it is important to note that based on the wording that is specifically in the book, I think that you can take your advantage with the help feature that they are using on your player character. And you kind of need to decide right then and there before you even make your rolls, am I going to forego it for the damage or am I just going to use the D6 
before the attack. Right. I think that's the way that it would work. Mm-hmm. Also, this feature does not level up. That's another key difference from Bardic Inspiration. This is just inspiring help. It is not Bardic Inspiration. So it does not level up, except when you get to 20th level. But at 20th level, Bardic Inspiration is a 1d12, and Inspiring Help is 2d6. And the fact that 2d6 always beats a d12, I think that's pretty cool to, to come from a sidekick giving a 2d6 bonus. Yeah, that's quite good. If you've got a sidekick that is with you to 20th level. Yeah. And at, at that point, it's a question of, is a sidekick with a 20th level party making a difference, maybe? Yeah, I mean, if, if your party's 20th level, uh, I don't know. It, yeah, do you really even need a sidekick at that point? Or, hey, you know, I think it would be kind of cool if your party is, what, say, a group of level 4, level 5 people, and they, they stumble on this drunk in a bar who may have a little bit nicer armor than usual for a drunk, and it's this 20th level expert and <laughs> that would be amazing and he's just kind of assisting the party saying oh i know about that castle i can i can help you out for a little bit of coin i just need some money for a couple drinks buy my drinks for the evening and i'll and i'll help you out yeah. turns yeah. out he's this secret expert that gives them this information just kind of vanishes maybe it's a maybe it's a plot device that could be fun mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> your fourth level party receiving 2d6 bonus like That'd be kind of cool. Then they're kind of freaking out, like, who is this yeah. person? You, you as the DM don't have to go exactly by the book rules. You can have a 20th level expert with your 4th level party if you want. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of fun. So that moving on from, from the 11th level feature, the 14th level is called Reliable Talent. And whenever the sidekick makes an ability check with a skill they are proficient in, they may treat a d20 roll of 9 or lower as a 10. So rogues get this at 11th level, and sidekicks get this at 14th level. Nothing crazy, but it is a power trade-off, um, seeing as this inspiring help is pretty important to... Like, the inspiring help, coordinated strike, and the helpful feature are pretty important to the core of this sidekick mm -hmm. uh, subclass, I guess, sidekick class, Um it's just a power trade-off of instead of getting it at 11th level, they get it at 14th level. And then rounding out uh, all of the features at 18th level is called Sharp Mind. Sidekick gains proficiency in your choice of intelligence, wisdom, or charisma saving throws. Nothing crazy, but again, who like who's to say that you're actually going to get to you know 18th level with a sidekick? I think this is just... This is put in here so that at no matter what level, your sidekick will have something that, to offer. Right. And we are, like I said, talking about sidekicks, not fully fleshed out classes played by, by uh, a, a player, right? These are meant to be helpers to the party to make sure that they can survive and have a full party of, of you know, when they're going into encounters and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, with the, the combination of skill versatility of the rogues and the combort. So, you know, again, with the combination of skill versatility of a rogue and the combat support tactics of a bard, minus the spellcasting, 
this is a very useful class for these sidekicks. You know, they're they're offering information, they're offering assistance. This kind of does feel like what a sidekick should do. Certainly is in, in theme with, with you know, what, what I think a sidekick should be. Yeah, they're and... role fillers and not, you know, a whole character. Exactly. And I wanted to point out too, I have the the essentials rulebook in front of me here so I can um, just very quickly mention how this differs um, and how, how it works a little bit differently in Tasha's. So naturally the essentials kit, this is meant to be a starter adventure for, you know, levels one through five. So they're not going to have these sidekicks that are all the way to level 18 or 20. Um, they just go up to level six in the essentials book, but there are a couple of things that are different. So anything that we talked about with this, sidekick class that's you know beyond sixth level obviously that's not going to be in here um but i guess the main key difference is that sixth level ability in tasha's they have that coordinated strike that lets you use helpful from up to 30 feet away and you know they get to deal an extra 2d6 on their next hit before the end of turn um in the essentials what they get is the extra attack they just get to attack twice it's really simple. There's really not much to say about it or to calculate. It's just your sidekick in, in the essentials at 6th level, the expert gets to attack twice at 6th level. So that's the, the main difference here. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering why they didn't add that in, um, or at least, you know, mimic a little bit. Um, I guess, you know, we will see the two other types of sidekicks um, and what they have to offer. I have many questions about what they've done with the sidekicks in Tasha's as we will see. <laughs> any anything? Any last thoughts you want to uh, mention about the expert? Um, not too many, other than the fact that I just I like it. It feels balanced. It feels like what I would expect from a sidekick. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's got some of the support elements of both bards and rogues, without mm -hmm. having the complicated stuff of those classes. Right. Which is what I really think that these side cl sidekick classes should be. They should be something that is simple to use. It tells you exactly what it does. There's not a whole lot of thought that goes into it because these are meant to be, like we talked about, support classes. They're they're not meant, I think, to be fully fleshed out classes that require a ton of extra work in order to figure them out. Which perhaps is a fun segue into the spellcaster sidekick. I think it is important to have this as an option, and it was an option in the Essentials. Um, how that differed is in the Essentials, we had two choices of spellcaster roles, right? When you choose um, a spellcaster sidekick, you, you pick one of two roles. When you chose the spellcaster sidekick in the Essentials kit, you chose one of two roles, the healer and the mage. And in Tasha's, we have a third option, which is prodigy. And... What I guess I disliked about this, I'll go through the abilities, but what I, I disliked about this is um, how they have the spells set up for each one of these. So I'll come back to, to that, and I'll go through the, the, the features really quickly here. Um, so at first level, the spellcasters, they gain proficiency in wisdom, intelligence, or charisma saves, your choice. Also proficiency in two of your choice of arcana, history, insight, investigation, medicine, or performance. Uh, or Persuasion or Religion, so two of those from that list. Um, also, level one, as a spellcaster, you choose one of three roles, like I said, Mage, Healer, or Prodigy. And the spell list that you choose from for Mage is the Wizard spell list and your spellcasting abilities intelligence. 
healer, you choose from the cleric and druid spell list, and your spell casting ability is wisdom. And prodigy um, is the bard and warlock spell list, with the ability being charisma. Um, there's a whole table that tells you um, how many cantrips to get at each level, how many spell slots and spells known. Uh, so it's laid out just like a fully fleshed out class in the book. Um, it, it does give you some suggestions for a first level spell choices for each role. For example, for the mage, they recommend Mage Hand, Ray of Frost, and Thunder Wave. Um, Healer is going to be Cure Wounds, Guidance, and Sacred Flame. Prodigy is Eldritch Blast, Healing Word, and Light. Um, all thematic spells towards what that role is going to be. And uh, then whenever you level up, um, you can uh, replace a spell that you have a spell slot for. Uh, sorry, whenever the sidekick levels up, I should clarify. Um, then at fourth level, you have your typical ability score improvement that any class is going to get. At sixth level, um, you have potent cantrips, which simply lets you add the sidekick's spell casting modifier to damage done by cantrips. At 14th level, is the feature called Empowered Spells, which you choose a school of magic and you add the sidekick spellcasting modifier to damage or healing for spells of that school. And then lastly, at 20th level, is Focused Casting, which means the sidekick doesn't lose concentration if they take damage. So my main issue with the spellcaster sidekick is how much extra work you're going to have to do in order to build one of these out. Um, and to compare that, I want to look at the Spellcaster in the Essentials Kit, um, which is very simple, and obviously this is just going up through 6th level. Um, and, but since, you know, there's only two different roles, there's uh, Healer and uh, Mage, um, what I really like about the Essentials is it tells you exactly what spells you get. Um, and when you, whenever you reach a level where you get to, you know, potentially add new spells, you have a choice of one of two. And it's very simple and straightforward, and it tells you exactly what you what you get, um, what the you know bonuses are, where you add those. And with Tasha's, like we talked about, um, well, obviously the mage is going to be the easier one. You're only having to use the wizard spell list. But with healer and prodigy, where healer uses the cleric and druid spell list, that means whenever you're choosing spells or whenever you hit a a uh, level that gives you access to, to higher level spell slots, you're looking through two classes full spell lists to make that choice. And if you've ever played a caster, you know how big of a deal it is and how much work it is to figure out what spells you want to take. And if I was talking about a fully fleshed out class for a player, I probably wouldn't think this is a big deal. But keep in mind, this is for a sidekick. This is meant to be a supportive NPC. And I think if I were the DM, I would avoid... If I was the DM that was going to be running a sidekick, I would avoid picking a spellcaster for the simple fact of how much extra work it's going to be whenever they have to think about adding spells. And I don't know if I was a player, if I would want to take on that task of a spellcaster sidekick, figuring out what spells I needed to take. Uh, I really wish in Tasha's they would have just kind of gone in line with the essentials kit and simply said, if you're the healer, here are the spells you get at each level here's exactly what you can do. There's no thought process to it. Here's the spells, or maybe each time you level up, you know, pick one of these two good healing spells. And if you're the mage, here's some offensive spells. These are the spells you get to cast. And whenever you level up, this is the one of two things you get to do. Uh, make it really simple. And in Tasha's, it feels like a lot of work to do. I, th this is my main beef with, with the way that uh, Tasha's has gone. 
is just how much extra work there's going to be. In, in the Essentials Kit, it's all kind of laid out. Um, the information in Tasha's is spread across about six pages. And I know that we're going up to 18th level with these sidekicks in Tasha's and only up to sixth in the Essentials. However, in the Essentials, it's covered on two pages. And anytime you get a new feature, it tells you exactly what they what it is, where to add the stats, what the what it's called, what, what they get to do. Um, there's no cross-referencing of ability scores and stats and whatnot. And I'm, I guess I'm I'm kind of uh, saying the same thing over and over again. But I've I've really had kind of a beef with the direction they've taken sidekicks in Tasha's. Again, spellcasters feel like in a ridiculous amount of work, especially if you're taking the healer or the prodigy rules for your spellcaster sidekick um so i will i will end my rant there and britain what do you what do you have to to add to my rant or to counter my rant i honestly don't have any counters i think that this puts far too much on the dm or the player to literally just like roll another character like pick like i mean just looking through books and seeing um the fact that healers and prodigies you choose between cleric and druid prodigy is bard and warlock spell lists like that's so many spells that's so many spells to look through and designate which ones are for the sidekick for an unimportant in the grand scheme of things unimportant npc this is a helper this is a person that may assist your campaign and now you're essentially rolling a whole new character i i i I know that Tasha's is all about versatility and more choices and more options, but I think sometimes in in these sort of situations, more options can just flood the market of ideas. I, I agree. You're putting too much on something that is so minimal. Like just, it, it, just like how you said, if you're a mage, you get these spells. If you're a healer, you get these spells. If you're a prodigy, you get these spells. You have that anytime that you see a stat block for a spell casting npc like uh, a creature that you might come across that has innate spell casting or so it, let's just go ahead and say it like beholders they only have a certain spell list that they can cast per day it gives you boom right there just do that just give us a stat block don't I agree. even if they want to have a chart that says you know here's here's your spell list up to level 20 and but here's what it looks like at level 12. Here's what it looks like at level five. You know, that's fine. Add add new spells to that list whenever they level, but like, don't make me pick them as the, as the DM or the player. Yeah, and looking at this chart here, this, uh, the, the you know, the, the spell caster uh, block here, it says even at 15th level, they have nine spells known, four cantrips known. So that's 13 spells that you as the DM now have to choose for a non-important sidekick character boy help you if you are starting this sidekick at a higher level and have not built that up over time yeah so i i would just i would agree with you and say that it's just it's far too much um i think that paring it down making it a little bit more simple just like the expert is pretty the expert's pretty simple when it comes to what they can do what they can't do and how it kind of mimics the rogue slash bard role in the party right there are so many spell casters in the world of 5e so many classes that can spell cast and oh my gosh like trying to mimic all of those and none of those at the same time like it's just what i would envision for a sidekick this would probably be a good wrapping up sort of a topic, but I'm going to interject it here, and then we can talk about the third and final 
sidekick class. But what I would envision for sidekicks, and since this is either going to be played by the DM, who already has a lot on their plate in order to you know, run and figure out and remember who does what and what's where, or it's run by another player who already has a lot to, to remember with their own character, uh, or you're handing this to somebody that's a lot newer and doesn't want something that's a lot of complications. I imagine a sidekick could be, all of the information that you have for a sidekick could be put on a single piece of paper or a single page on a Word document or something like that and not be overly complicated. I think it should be something that you can fit in an image in one page that they just look at and have this list of, you know, four or five things that they can do and not this complicated stuff with what they've done in, in Tasha's. I think it should be something really simple, you know, much like you've seen uh, like you said, a stat block in the monster manual. When you look at a beholder, it's really simple what they can do. Yeah, they can do a lot, but it's information that you look at on one page and can keep it really concise. And I, I, that's what I envision for how sidekicks should work. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, enough of my ranting on, on uh, spellcasters. Why don't you bring it home with uh, the third uh, sidekick class? Yeah, so warriors... Um... Just like it sounds, they are warriors. They could be towns guards. They could be knights. They could be soldiers. They could even potentially be an animal companion, a battle-ready animal that may have some sort of sentience, if you'd like. Um, at first level, they get two things. They get their bonus proficiencies and martial role. So with the bonus proficiencies, they get proficiency in one saving throw of your choice, strength, dex, or con. Um, the sidekick also gains proficiency in two skills of your choice, from the list provided which is acrobatics animal handling athletics intimidation nature perception and survival they gain proficiency in all armors and if it is a humanoid um, or has simple or martial weapon on its stat block uh, it gains proficiency with shields and all simple and martial weapons the martial role uh, is basically what you would think of as perhaps their fighting style uh, it's attacker or defender with attacker, the sidekick gains a plus two to all attack rolls, and the defender is they can use their reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll of a creature within five feet of it whose target isn't the sidekick, provided that the sidekick can see the attacker. So it's kind of like built-in pack tactics. So the second level feature is second wind. Basically, they can use a bonus action on their turn to regain hit points equal to 1d10 plus its level in this class, and they have to wait for a short or a long rest to use it again, um, and they can use it twice in between rests starting at 20th level. So obviously this mimics the the second wind feature for fighters. That's something that if you play a fighter, you would be used to having that sort of second wind feature. Um, and at third level, another fighter mimicking feature is improved critical. They now crit on a 19 or 20 roll of the d20. Fourth... 8th, 12th, 16th, and 19th level. Again, ability score improvements. They don't get to choose feats. Um, at 6th level, now this is different than most fighters um, or, or martial classes that usually get an extra attack at 5th level. They get it at 6th level. They can attack twice instead of once whenever that takes the attack action on their turn. Um, but it does increase to 3 attacks when the sidekick reaches 15th level. Um, and if they have the multi-attack action, it can use the attack, extra attack or multi-attack on a turn, but not both. So whatever stat block you choose for 
the warrior may affect what this extra attack or multi-attack uh, feature will do for them. With 7th level is where you see it kind of bleed into Barbarian as well. So you'll get this hybrid of Fighter and Barbarian with Battle Readiness. Uh, so 7th level features Battle Readiness, you now get advantage on initiative rolls. So that's basically the same thing that Barbarians get at 7th level. Um, at 10th level, they get Improved Defense. Their AC is increased by 1. And the last unique thing that they get... Um, is at 11th level, and it is called Indomitable. The sidekick can re-roll a saving throw that it fails, but it must use the new roll. When it uses this feature, it can't use the feature again until it finishes a long rest, and they can use it twice in between long rests at 18th level. So again, with compounding features getting better at later levels, um, you know, we, we talked about it before, we're not sure how long this sidekick will be with your party, but at least if it is joining your party at later levels or perhaps introducing itself at a higher level they will have options available to them that will not just make them a a blank-faced npc that swings a d6 short sword and then runs away you know they're they're tactical people they are here to assist in whatever ways they can right right and i think this is actually the one and only sidekick class that is pretty much exactly the same as the essentials sidekick version except for all those things that happen after seventh level obviously but I, I like this because it's nice and simple and it tells you exactly what it does yeah and I'm, I'm a little unfamiliar with the essentials kit are they able to have animals as um, sidekicks in the essentials well that kit? was one thing that i do want to talk about as well um in the Essentials Kit, there are stat blocks, which are they're basically just generic medium humanoids. You know, they have preset hit points starting at level 1 and uh, armor class based on some type of armor. And it gives you the skills and languages and all the things that they're proficient in right out of the box. Um, and in Tasha's, like we had talked about at the start, you can pick literally any stat block from any source, as long as it's a challenge rating of one-fourth or lower. So that is another additional piece of work that is going to have to go into it when you're creating sidekicks or when the DM is trying to figure out a sidekick. Um, and obviously that could be that could change. It's not simply going to be a let's go to the internet and look at every possible stat block, right? It's just going to be look at stat blocks that make sense for where the party is at the time. Um, and obviously that's going to be a little bit more of a challenge if the sidekick is joining the party right out of the gate because you're only trying to run D&D for a couple of people, um, then it's a bit trickier. But that was another thing that I really liked about the Essentials version versus Tasha's. I know that like having some options and choices is kind of nice, and certainly you could do that with the sidekick stuff in the Essentials too. You don't have to just do it this way. But I did like that... In the essentials, the stat blocks were on the page. It was already there, chosen for you. Um, just generic medium humanoid. It didn't give you give it a specific, uh, you know, creature race or anything like that. Um, so it theoretically could be something that's not just uh, your your basic run of the mill human. It could be a lot of different things. Um, and I do like the idea of a sidekick being an animal or like a, a kenku or um, a tabaxi or something like that. Um, that's not just a, a normal average person, citizen, a human. 
that is kind of a cool idea or uh, a wolf or something that's a sidekick that might then that might kind of restrict some other things that you can do but it's kind of a neat idea um but it is just a, another piece of work that you're going to have to do when sidekicks come up if you're using the the tasha's version of sidekicks yeah i think honestly like i um I obviously I'd have to speak with my DM about this, but I think that, you know, our party in one of my Sunday games actually has a an animal companion that we kind of picked up early on in the campaign, and we've been raising him, and he's been fighting alongside with us, which is really, really cool. So I think, you know, I would be comfortable coming to my DM and saying, hey, we've we've got this animal companion. Could he be our sidekick with these rules? You know, these are the, the benefits that he would get. These are the drawbacks. Um... But would you be okay with that? I think that's, uh, you know, I think that'd be a very cool thing to potentially turn a character into a sidekick and maybe morph them into these rules. Yeah, and that's absolutely a possibility. Um, when we talked about at the outset how sidekicks level and what level they start at, that doesn't have to necessarily be as they, they join the party right away or at level one. It could just simply be when when you have that discussion with your DM and they decide to allow that and you add a sidekick class. That's when you kind of figure out, well, what level are they starting as a sidekick? Um, it'd just be whatever the average party level is. And then you'd kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Unless you feel like, you know, adding a 20th level warrior bear sure. into your level five party. You, you could do that. <laughs> you certainly could. Probably shouldn't, but you could. So I think overall my my... Thoughts on this, I like the concept. I like the idea of being able to run D&D for fewer people and not having to wait until I, I finally have a group of five or six to run D&D. Um, and especially, like I mentioned, now's a good time to start using this stuff while we're all stuck inside quarantine with one or two people. Hey, introduce D&D to them. Get out, get out your Tasha's or your Essentials kit and run it with some sidekicks. So I like the idea I just would really like to see it in a more concise and simplified version and not the complexities of what feels almost like a full class sometimes. Like I mentioned, I would really like to see, I'd like to have something that I can print off for a player and give them one sheet that says, here's the things that the NPC sidekick does. So all you got to do when it comes time to decide what they're doing, look at the sheet, pick one of those things and go and not worry about picking spells or what's going to happen at the next level or adjusting their sheet at any any given time. Or me as the DM, I have a simple thing that I can reference and not have to pick from two different full spell lists if I'm running a spellcaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least concise for the spellcasters. I'm, I'm very happy with how concise and both thorough and concise the expert and the warrior seem to be. They are um, kind of echoes of bards and rogues with the experts and this barbarian fighter hybrid with the warrior um but again i think with the spellcaster there's just too many moving parts and i think it could be simplified some more so i, I really agree with what you're saying yeah 100 percent. all right any other final thoughts before we wrap it up no i think we i think we've talked side sidekicks to death i think so too unless you want me to rant on spellcasters for another 45 minutes you know as much as i would love that I could you know i i, I think we're good <laughs> 
Maybe we'll have a bonus outtake episode that's just me ranting on spellcasters for an hour. Yes, that's that's the bonus content for the for the Patreon. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, that is our show. Um, thank you for stopping by. If you liked this episode, please check out our future episodes, which we release every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Central Time. Next week, we will be finally finishing up our lengthy journey through Tasha's Cauldron of Everything with a discussion on environmental hazards. This has been Discussions in Dragons. I'm Jaren. And I'm Britton. And we'll see you next time.